Hey y'all, this is your girl, Juicy J, aka J Money, aka of the gods. Um, and today I want to talk about this new Netflix series called Sex Education that I literally binged watched in one setting. It is like minutes to six and I started watching this thing probably at like 10 o'clock. I'm not shit. I clearly don't got shit to do and I need a life, but that's all right because the series was bomb Every episode was fantastic and filled with so much storyline, plot, drama, intensity, lessons, and morals. And I am just really pleased overall to know that such a series exists and that we are talking about sex in very important and incomprehensive ways. Um, I think there are many things about this show that is incredible and remarkable um but this evening i think what i really want to focus on is uh one of the supporting characters eric and he is the gay best friend gay male best friend of the main lead character otis um otis is a white british boy And I think that this show is set in some kind of suburban um, town or city in England. I'm assuming it's like out in the countryside. So it's not like London, but we know that they're British, um, presumably based upon all sorts of cues in the show and their accents uh, and things of that nature. But Eric, I think, is a really fascinating character and I'm really invested in him and his development over this series over this first season um especially as it pertains to his sexual identity and how he really undertakes that journey so in this show you know this is kind of a spoiler alert so for anybody who anticipates watching this you may not want to listen to the entirety of this episode But I do think that it's worth mentioning um, just what's really powerful about this storyline around him. And I think more specifically one episode in particular where we see him really explore his identities as a black man from an immigrant African household living in an immigrant African household within a European country. Um. And also being from a Christian home, right? Um, there are all these really dope symbolisms in his household. For example, he has this picture of Black Jesus above his bed. And I think that it is so, it, it's such a testament to a host of things. But I'm really appreciative of the ways in which the producers and writers and directors of this show use his religion and his um, kind of very contested and conflicting relationship with Christianity um, as a way to contextualize his identity and vice versa. So in the first couple episodes, I think we see and hear Eric kind of complain about, you know, being basically an unbeliever and not believing in God because 
of whatever. And and we know he doesn't say it outright. He never says like, I don't believe in God because of X. But we we fill in the blank for him based upon his experience and what we see him work through throughout this show. And and you get the sense that it's perhaps because of his identity and a lot of the injustice and oppression and repression he has experienced and faced because of identifying as a gay man, right? A gay man who also wants to live his life very queerly and very explicitly and manifest and and kind of present himself in these non-masculinist ways um, and and be non-conformist in that manner. And how in many ways that seems to be in contradiction, at least on the surface of what it seems a church is supposed to propagate and function as and uphold. But there is this dope ass scene, y'all. Okay, this is dope ass scene where we see Eric, like he. I have to remember this properly, but he has an encounter and experience where he really like he had recently been assaulted, you know, on his birthday um, because he is dressed up in drag, if you will. Um, to go see this show, one of his favorite LGBTQ films. I don't remember the name of it, but his best friend Otis, who is straight, um, they're all in their like teens, and so sixteen and seventeen is their age. Otis is supposed to meet him, but he doesn't, and so Eric is left kind of going to the show on his own, um, and ends up getting into ends up being assaulted. He doesn't get into anything. He is attacked on his way home, minding his own business, right? These two hetero men, these two hetero white men are um, attempting to catcall. And when they get a closer glance, they realize, you know, just like real classic transphobic, homophobic shit. They realize like that this person who they assumed from the onset to be a woman is in fact not that. And because it he, Eric, does not meet their expectations, they're becoming like really hostile and aggressive and intense. Um, and then this guy legit goes out of his way to get out of his vehicle and assault and put his hands on this man, on Eric. Um, and so Eric is like really pissed, right? Like he leaves with a bruised face and is kind of going through it for a hot second. Um, and his father doesn't really know how to respond to him and is saying all kinds of wild shit about how, he, you know, if you want to live this lifestyle, you got to toughen up and X, Y, and Z. And so he does that and he gets himself in trouble in school, you know, from like picking fights and being a bit hostile and rough towards his peers. But then like he, there's this really beautiful redemptive moment in, in this episode where we see Eric on his way home um, and encountering this like random ass black man who's asking for directions and he pulls over in this really dope ass smooth ass like low-key two-door convertible type sports car that's lit blasting some dope ass music looking like god knows what right like some combination of some dope ass black men i've seen in all my life combined like prince plus james brown plus something else you know i don't even know and he has this really amazing attire. His just bedazzled. He has bur- like his nails are painted, and he's wearing 
these rings and he's just decked the fuck out. His outfit is lit and he came to slay. And you see this glimmer of hope in in Eric's eyes as he takes, you know, he does a, a double take on this man and is really like, is this what I, is this, is this me? Is, am I seeing a reflection of a future me? Because this shit's lit right here. And you see his face just shine and light up when he encounters this man in the middle of the road um, who literally just wants to know where the hell the church is because he's supposed to be at a wedding, right? Um, and then immediately after that, we see this the scene switches to Eric going home and studying this image of Black Jesus. And I think that this moment is just like really lit and so instructive so for so many reasons right and and i and you know, and so he's like wow like there must be a god there must be a god if i can after gone going through something so tragic and and violent find redemption find hope in some other human being who is just trying to live his life just as best as he can you know, if he can do it, if he can be so fly and so fierce, like I, I can do that too. You know, it is possible for me to do it as well. Um, and then we see him go to church right after, you know, he just like, he is like reinvigorated and, and inspired to really get into, get back into the church. And, and we see him very hastily ask his, tell his parents, you know, he's going to go to with them to church on that Sunday that they decide to go shortly after this entire incident. And, and I literally bawled y'all. Like I did, I bawled at that church scene and hearing the messaging of love, um, that the pastor was preaching and that the people in the church were expressing and displaying towards him, you know, and that embrace between that pastor and him, y'all, I legit, I, I'm sorry, but I cry my ass off because there was something so, there was something so familiar, but also so hopeful about that. And it led me to really think about, honestly, it just reminded me that that black liberation theology is real as fuck, right? And and I know like I've had many conversations with people about um you know like what does it mean to be a Christian and also to be politically and socially conscious, right? And not in this superficial I'm out here trying to march on streets because that's just cute type shit and we want to stand up against racism shit, but on a very thorough and in-depth manner where you are constantly trying to push yourself to consider the ways in which people who don't look like you, people who have very diverse and varied experiences than you experience oppression and therefore are worthy of your attention, right? And, and your work as well. You know, I think for those of us who are committed to that kind of politics, and are hoping to develop it and continue to grow through it and evolve, you know, it's really hard sometimes to reconcile that love of justice, um, especially when it comes to matters uh, of sexuality and sexual identity um, and sex, period, right? And there's a way that this show through this one scene 
in this episode was really able to redeem both this narrative of Christ, right? But also like illuminate, I think, and, and kind of expound upon what Christ can mean and has meant for Black people in ways that are not always so intuitive, you know, on the surface, it's easy, I think. And I was just having a conversation with my older brother about this. You know, we, he he has been quite disillusioned by Christianity and particular by this kind of investment in Jesus Christ as a as a as a godly figure. Um, and it comes from a very deep place of wanting to celebrate blackness and not praise some kind of white man's rendition of of God and 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 the world and the universe, right? Um, and holiness. And I and I hear him, and I and and I hear him. You know, I hear him. But I also know that there's something much more otherworldly about the way in which black people practice Christianity that sometimes I don't think that this way I think does not get enough credit actually um you know when we think about what Christianity meant for people who were enslaved and we have to use this context because this is the greatest context within which Christianity um, was a kind of this institution that was forced upon African Americans or Africans within the Americas, and you know, on the from the onset and from the jump, it's easy to say, oh, well, this is a white man's religion that was forced upon these people who were practicing their own nativistic and indigenous spiritualisms and and and, and religious and whatever else practices. But if you actually pay attention and if you study history, you know that there was a co-optation and re-adaptation and adoption of Christianity as it was preached to us, right, and imposed upon us that became a kind of reformulation and syncretism of the things that we practiced prior to coming to the new world and what was exposed to us while we were there. And I know that sometimes it's hard for us to, as black people to acknowledge um, that as legitimate, but I think that we do a disservice to black creativity and black genius by not recognizing the ways in which the black church is a pillar of strength, of motivation, of inspiration, of hope, of safety, of love, of joy, of peace, of strength, right? I don't know if I said it right, but like literally of strength and redemption. Um, and that that in and of itself is good enough, right? Like that is that is meaningful. Um, and so I am just really grateful to to see a kind of representation of how instrumental the black church can be for black bodies, for black minds, for black hearts and black spirits, even those that may not seem to be intuitively part of the body of Christ. 
right? As we often imagine that body being. You know, when we think about Christians, I think that there is this narrative and kind of imagination, this public imaginary that holds this Christian to be chaste and straight, heterosexual, and typically middle class, and 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 a host of other issues, and a host of other like identities and markers, right? And to understand and see an example of how the church is and has been and can be a space for those of us who may not fit into those those forms, right? But but can find hope and love and joy and peace through the Word of God and through our understandings of Jesus Christ and his mission as a liberator, right? If we really do believe and understand, I think more importantly, the background and context of Jesus Christ, we know that on some real shit, like he came for all of those who were oppressed, right? When Christ came as a representative, it wasn't because he was trying to like make the rich richer or give more esteem to those who are of high status. But he literally said that I will make the least of you the greatest of men, the greatest of men, the least of you. And really flip shit upside down and emphasizing his investment and commitment to making sure that those who are typically forsaken, that those who are traditionally cast aside and forgotten and undervalued are the ones that are given room and space to flourish and be loved and be cherished. And to show all of us that the least among us is important too and that everybody has a place, right? Like everybody has a place in this work. Everybody has a place in this world. Everybody has a place in his kingdom. Um, And so I know that, you know, this show probably like the least of its intentions (laughs) was to make such an important and strong commentary on the black church and 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 kind of hint at this black liberation theology but i do know that whether or not they intended for that to kind of be a staple of what they meant to message it 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 was a message nonetheless and a quite important one and so um i just felt like it was really important to talk through what it means to be a black Christian and how how can we continue to think critically about how we engage our love of God, our love of Christ, and our also like also our love of justice. So, you know, those are my two cents. I hope that you all can listen in to this and share your thoughts and repost and create more dialogue and conversation around this and more importantly i need every single person listening right now to put sex education on their netflix queue if you have not already or if you have not already actually seen it it is honestly a well done show i have thoroughly enjoyed every single episode i can't believe i still have all this energy to even still talk about it because it's literally fucking minutes to 6 a.m y'all i'm bugging heavily but i'm so impassioned by this and i really am i'm impressed by the way we can talk about sex and queerness and identity and sexuality and teenage woes and awkwardness and all that bullshit um 
in a really progressive and productive manner because a lot of the material they cover and a lot of the topics they seem to want to handle in this show are pertinent even for folks who don't even identify as teenagers. There's so much to be learned still. And I think there's so many of us who lack education around sex, period, who are old AF and should have been having these conversations, should have been educated, should have been knowledgeable, but unfortunately are not. And so if you're interested, um, even for the sake of just finding out who the hell the fantastic and fabulous Eric is, this character of the show, I say it is totally, totally worth it. Thank y'all for tuning in and I'll hear from you. You'll hear from me and hopefully I'll hear from you next time.